For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Wonderful to be on the call with you. Let me. Um, oops, I forgot my pen. Give me just one moment to get my pen. Okay. So, um, good to be with you. I'm going to put my headset in so I can hear you guys a little better. You can hear me a little better as well. And we were going to get this party started. Okay. Better. Okay, so... Let's do a little roll here. See who is present. So, uh, Kelly? Yep, I'm here. All right, cool. Today the fourth, right? Today is the fourth. Um, Stephen is here, I see. Yep. I I heard Tom. And one other person. Patsy. Hi, Patsy. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay, cool. So let's pray. Take a deep breath in. And exhale. I'm invite everyone to just close your eyes and go within. Taking a few deep breaths. And with each exhale, we just allow the day to melt away. Yes, just allowing ourselves to gently release the day, leaning into this present moment.
in our mind's eye, we see waves and waves of bright white light flowing in from above through our crown chakra at the top of our head. Waves of light flow through our physical body from the head down to the toes. Soaking and saturating each organ and muscle, every bone. Each cell, atom, and electron of our physical being saturated with this bright white light. We feel our energetic centers, our chakras align perfectly. We feel them spinning clockwise. Any clutter, any blocks, any plaque, any dust, this preventing a clear, open channel, energetic channel, just dissolves instantly in the presence of this bright white light, cleanse and clear, the light expands into our auric field, three feet above and below, in front and behind, from the right to the left. We're enveloped in an orb comforted. We send waves of this light through our emotional bodies, the mental bodies, and astral bodies, removing any blocks, any clutter, creating space, releasing the density. I can invite you to take three deep breaths here in the light and just breathe in the light and exhale the light and with each exhale releasing more and more anything that feels heavy anything that feels tight resting in this rejuvenating restorative reparative light Now, in your mind's eye, picture all of the participants in the class in a circle. Kelly and Patsy and Tom and Stephen and Jesse in a circle sitting in lotus. Our lights merge the circle of light. And in the center of the circle, we place our planet, Mother Earth, our planetary host, our planetary goddess, Mother Earth. And then we just send hands open, palms open, waves of love and light into the planet. Enveloping the planet, the bright white light, the waves of light flowing to her, through her, repairing, restoring, rejuvenating, supporting her and replenishing, actualizing her natural state of fertility, lusciousness, sending waves and waves to any place where the inhabitants are in distress or dis-ease, famine and war. Instantly in the light, everything restores to a loving, balanced space, state of perfect harmony, health, happiness, beauty.
and keeping your eyes closed, I invite you to place one hand on your heart space and one hand on your tummy, your solar plexus, right below your belly button. And just sending that light there. Feeling loved, feeling nurtured. in your mind silently to yourself I invite you to repeat the mantra I love you ten times I love you Holy Spirit, we offer this conversation to you in open, clear, and available space. We simply lean into our intuition, trusting that the people listening has been activated, trusting that we are cleansed and cleared, open, free channels. invite all of our teachers, guides, angels, and the invisible and visible to support us now. Teachers of the light, ancestors of love, anyone who can support us, deepest healing, the deepest awakening within us all. We invite their presence in now. We accept their support and their help and their love. We go forward tonight with open minds, open hearts, and full congruency. Available, thankful, grateful for the time together and sharing the healing benefits of this class with everyone because we want them. We release the word and we let it be. And so it is. Amen. All right, let's do a little check-in. How we doing? How's the week going? Any breakthroughs? Any revelations? Any challenges? What's up? Yeah, um, hi. It's been a really big breakthrough week for me. Um, and, uh, the short of it is just that I've, you know, I've faced some, I, I, I won't call them hard truths. I've just faced the truth of, um, ways in which I've <clears throat> acted dysfunctionally in terms of relationship. Um, and, and, and it was done in such a such a state of unconsciousness like i would like really was so unaware of it until two nights ago when it was just very clear um but what's great about that for me is that it's it was 
that clarity was really solicited. Um, I've I've really been wanting to do that work in me, um, and uh, you know, just the work we're all trying to do, uh, or are doing, the work we are doing, um, stepping fully into what it is to be love in the world, and to um, and to shed ourselves of a lot of our um, misjudgments, misalignments with love. And so I've been very actively pursuing that clarity. Uh, when it came, I was unprepared <laughs> for um, for the weight of it. Like, it was pretty intense, and I, I had a really interesting evening of, real, of just stopping and going, oh, my goodness, how could I not have been conscious for the better part of my life that you know that that I've that this has been my action this has been my behavior but then really being able to step outside of that to forgive myself and to to be joyful about the fact that I that I can correct that now that that I'm aware of it and so I don't have to do that anymore um but it was pretty big it was I I would venture to say probably the biggest personal revelation I've had. Beautiful. Wow, that's big. Lovely. How do you feel? Um, like about a thousand pounds has been lifted off of me. Um, it's interesting how once I was really able to see clearly the um the effect that my own actions, my own thoughts have had on the things that have manifested in, in my relationships, um, there was um, a lot of the sadness that's been associated with those with those with those connections uh, or disconnections. A lot of the grieving, a lot of the even anger. It just it was just gone. Um, it's a little like you. Know, the only thing I could compare it to is I. I was a cancer patient, and um, I, it felt a lot like the moment that I had a diagnosis. How how this this wave of relief that came because now we knew what the thing was and we could we could address it, as opposed to all of that vagary and and just sort of walking around in a cloud and thinking what's going on with me and why don't I feel right and why isn't this working and um, there was this great burden lifted just in having something to look at and say, ah, here's where the attention needs to be addressed. And it felt very much like that to me. It was just like, oh, wow, that's the cancer. That's the tumor. Now we can excise it. You know, what's wonderful about this work is that in a moment, in just one realization, years of programming can be released. Right. It's like uh, Marianne Williamson says, that in one moment of grace, all of our karma can be forgiven. And the same is uh, with the thought pattern. Um, It's the same thing with the thought pattern. When you realize, oh my gosh, that's just a belief I have. And now I can release it. I can let it go. You never have to think that thought again, or at least you don't have to. You can you can 
observe the thought, observe the belief without making it mean something, without taking it on. Yeah, beautiful, really beautiful. And that's some, that's the power of this work is being able to do that. Like, listen, Byron Katie says, there are no new stress thoughts. They're all recycled. And it's not just our personal ones. It's in the collective consciousness. I know this is true. I have such proof of that now that I've been doing a lot more spiritual counseling. And so many people have the exact same story, different players, same story, same belief, actively operating as the experiences they are working through in their life. Well, you know, and if I might add this, it's so great to hear you say that because one of the things I noticed was this happened for me on um, Monday evening, or sun, sorry, Sunday evening, and um, every day since then, someone has felt led to tell me a story, not based on anything that I've offered up about my own journey. They've just felt led to tell me a story about some experience that they've had recently that they're working through. It's the same story. Uh-huh. It's the exact same story. And and I and it's so, I, you know, whatever that thing is in us that when we are going through the experience, it feels so exclusive to us. And, of course, on some theoretical level, we know that's not true. We know that we're, you know, that we're having this human journey and that we probably have never really had an experience that someone else hasn't had. And yet it's so easy to get mired in that place of, no one has ever felt this pain the way I'm feeling it. No one's ever gone through this. No one's going to understand. And, and so I just thought it was a wonderful additional gift of the universe after letting this go to realize that every, everybody's dealing with this. Everybody's got this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I need to be special. My misery is special. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for sharing, Patsy. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to share this week? Beautiful. Okay. Um, Stephen, before I forget, uh, Sushant gave a green light for his couch. So uh, I will make sure that you two are in touch so you can work out the details. Sorry, I was talking and I was on mute. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. You got it. All right, everyone, let us turn to the section. The law of the leap. Oh, wait, sorry. One process of healing and the law of the leap. One process of healing in Chapter 5. If you don't, uh, if you don't have, 
chapter 5 of Talkhead. Just go to section 1, Process of Healing. It's, it's page 41 for people without chapters. Page 41 with pe- for people without chapters. <laughs> it's like Doctors Without Borders. Um, all right, Kelly, why don't you read both sections for us? Okay. So one process of healing. There is only one universal healing principle operating through everything. The cat, the dog, the tree, the grass, the wind, the earth, for everything is alive. This life principle operates through the animal, vegetable, and mineral kingdoms as instinct and the law of growth. Because humans are completely aware of this life principle, we are consciously, or sorry, we can consciously direct it to bless ourselves in countless ways. There are many different approaches, techniques, and methods in using the universal power, but there is only one process of healing, which is faith, for according to your faith, it is done unto you. And then the law of belief. All religions of the world represent forms of belief, and these beliefs are explained in many ways. The law of life is belief. What do you believe about yourself, life, and the universe? It is done unto you as you believe. Belief is a thought in your mind that causes the power of your subconscious to be distributed into all phases of your life according to your thinking habits. You must realize that when the Bible speaks of belief, it is not talking about your belief in some ritual, ceremony, form, institution, or formula. It is talking about belief itself. The belief of your mind is simply the thought of your mind. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. It is foolish to believe in something that will hurt or harm you. Remember, it is not the thing believed in that hurts or harms you, but the belief or thought in your mind that creates the result. All your experiences, all your actions, and all the events and circumstances of your life are but the reflections and reactions to your own thought. All right, Kelly? Uh-huh. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Like both sections were probably a couple of my most favorites. Um, it was like every paragraph in there had so much good stuff. Um, really looking at, for me, I mean, there's two parts that I think really jumped out. Is One is that it's not, it's not the formula, it's not the thing, it's not, you know, it's an issue of, is their belief? What are you, you know, what are you thinking? What are you believing? And not, you know, like I said, it's not about the thing, but it's about the internal process of having the belief of, you know, will the, you know, I can be healed. I can be happy. I can be whatever. And then kind of the second part of that, the tails on that is to be consciously aware of it. Um, I mean, I, highlighted that middle sentence right on the one process of thing, of healing. This is because humans are consciously aware of this life principle. That belief isn't just like, you know, I mean, it's just belief is your thought. But when you're conscious of it, you can work with that. You can say, well, what am I believing? And, you know, if, if, if I'm not experiencing happiness, I'm not experiencing joy, 
you know, what are my thoughts around that that are creating that experience and what can I change? What can I consciously really, what decisions can I make that would change my experience? Yeah. What is an example? What is an example from your life of a belief that you've had that has created several experiences as a result of that belief? Um. Well, we talked about a few today. Um, that I'm not seen. That I'm not. Well, and I want to say not that I'm not seen, but I'm not worth being seen. Um that I'm not important, and that's, yeah, I, I think I've tried to fight against that, but then it's like it's interesting in trying to fight against that, I create the, experience, the very experience of, you know, um, and then say like my, my, my job is, is working in federal government, like, oh, I want to be seen, so I'm working really hard, but I'm working so hard that I'm buried under my work and nobody saw me as a person, you know, and I think that's, yeah, and it was just a, a thought of, you know, until I went back to my worthiness issues. But um, And, you know, and I mean, that's manifested in a gazillion ways in my life of, you know, gaining weight and choosing people who, you know, choosing relationships that weren't healthy. So how do you uh, release that belief? How do you work with the healing it? Um, realizing it's crap. Um, I think really everything, it's, it's you know, we talk about it, it's all mind training and going back to, like, you know, well, am I unworthy? Am I, you know, I mean, start with that. Well, if I'm a child of God or, you know, we, we, we say in service, you know, the manifestation of the divine, you know, I'm not unworthy. That's, that's just bunkus thinking on my thought. And if I can change the thought and my perception and recognize that, you know, it is something that I'm just creating myself and take responsibility for that and not be a victim of it, once I can change my thinking, I totally can change my experience. And I think I've seen that in my life. I mean, there's times when I sink back into that, but, you know, definitely when I've said, like, you know, I don't need to be, you know, hiding behind weight. I don't need to be hiding behind working 70 hours a week. You know, once I started realizing that I could just be myself and be loved and be loved, you know, I started releasing a lot of those habits that were causing so much pain in my life. Yes. So what is the way that you create a new belief? Um, yeah, I think for me it's a process. It's one, identifying the old belief and being, you know, I think, I think it, said, you know, it was really great being consciously aware, um, looking at the old belief, looking at the falsity of the old belief, um, acknowledging the truth, and then finding means to incorporate that into my life, you know, and sometimes that means for me, um, sometimes it means creating structure, sometimes it means 
journaling the heck out of whatever I need to write until I'm like, well, that was really a wasted 20 pages of my journal. Um, but constantly going back, and when I start to go back to that old belief, to, you know, just be consciously aware of it and then be like, nope, thank you very much for showing up and have a nice day. I'm not interested in you. <laughs> and just moving on, not wallowing in it. I think it's it's a matter of being diligent in what I think and what I allowed it myself to think. If you were going to suggest to someone that has a, uh... That is working through something similar, like if you were going to coach them or advise them, uh, what is a simple tool that you would offer them to incorporate into their practice that they could use to support them in uh, developing a new belief, developing a new belief? I think probably one of the most supportive tools I've had is just taking a few minutes each day to sit and breathe and look at, I want to say look at, but to feel into the belief. To feel, you know, I am love, I am loved, I am worthy, I am whatever it is, and to mentally move into the space of affirming what I'm interested in thinking. Yes. So using affirmations as a way to focus your thinking to support the creation of a new thought pattern and a new belief. Yep. Good. Great, Kelly. Really, really great. Good, 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 good. Very clear, Kel. That was very clear. It was simple and uh, effective. And, yeah, good work, good work. Uh, does anyone have anything they'd like to add or any thoughts they'd like to uh, say or suggestions? Yeah, this is Tom. I had uh, I was as I was listening to that and I remembered, like, on uh, Sunday I was feeling like uh, I might as well have been a wallflower there, even though I know that was not true and I had to go home and I was processing these beliefs, you know, and why am I still feeling, you know, that I'm not, uh, I guess, that, uh, I know that I have a lot to offer and stuff, but I was, I was feeling unworthy for whatever reason and I did some mirror work and I started on uh, on uh that on um, Monday night, I did affirmations, you know, about uh, being uh, prospered and being uh, that I'm uh, divinely protected at all times and in all places. And, you know, it's coming up that uh, while I haven't yet deci- uh, deciphered how, but those uh, thoughts and feelings that have produced that feeling, it's just old tapes and stuff on me that uh, that keep coming up and I just have to say, you know, goodbye, see you later as uh, they march out the door and wave bye-bye to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mirror work is another great way to work with that. 
for sure. To look at yourself and affirm the truth, to see, to look at yourself with compassion and love and gentleness. Beautiful. Great. Um, all right. So, uh, Stephen, would you read on page 47, prayer therapy is the combined function of the conscious and subconscious mind, scientifically directed. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. It was the passing over technique and the subconscious will accept? No. Prayer therapy is the combined function of the, of the conscious and subconscious mind, scientifically directed. I think it's the name of the section. It's the section right after the law of belief. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Sorry. I went to my actual page 47. <clears throat> Prayer therapy is the combined function of the conscious and subconscious mind scientifically directed. Prayer therapy is the synchronized, harmonious, and intelligent function of the conscious and subconscious levels of mind specifically directed for a definite purpose. In scientific prayer or prayer therapy, you must know what you are doing and why you are doing it. You trust the law of healing. Prayer therapy is sometimes referred to as, a, as mental treatment, and another term is scientific prayer. In prayer therapy, you consciously choose a certain idea, mental picture, or plan which you desire to experience. You realize your capacity to convey this idea or mental image to your subconscious by feeling the reality of the state assumed. As you remain faithful in your mental attitude, your prayer will be answered. Prayer therapy is a, is a definite mental action for a definite specific purpose. Let us suppose that you decide to heal a certain difficulty by prayer therapy. You're aware that your problem or sickness, whatever it may be, must be caused by negative thoughts charged with fear and lodged in your subconscious mind, and that if you can succeed in cleansing your mind of these thoughts, you will get a healing. You therefore turn to the healing power within your own subconscious mind and remind yourself of its infinite power and intelligence and its capacity to heal all conditions. As you dwell on these truths, your fear will begin to dissolve, and the recollection of these truths also correct the erroneous beliefs. You give thanks for the healing that you know will come, and then you keep your mind off the difficulty until you feel guided after an interval to pray again. While you are praying, you absolutely refuse to give any power to the negative conditions or to admit for a second that the healing will not come. This attitude of mind brings about the harmonious union of the conscious and subconscious mind, which releases the healing power. <clears throat> faith healing, what it means and how blind faith works. Uh, okay, that's a little... Oh. We'll, we'll, so it goes into specific, uh, some kinds of, uh, of prayer, but... What is your takeaway from prayer therapy, Stephen? What do you think, if you were going to explain it to someone that isn't, uh, that doesn't really know what it means, like, well, what do you mean, how does it work? Or if you were going to teach it to a practitioner, how would you teach prayer therapy to a practitioner? And tell, tell, kind of explain to us, in your own words, what's going on. Well, um, I thought this was very much like, um, it was the golden key, is what I, I kept coming back to, um, where it's, you know, that was you can't pray for you can't pray for a solution to something and then 
worry how the solution is going to happen. And it, you know, it kind of goes back to the like two chapters above of where the only process of healing is faith. So prayer is sort of the, the conduit of faith. It's, does that make sense? Of where if I'm praying for sickness or praying for healing rather from sickness, I can't worry about how I'm, how I'm going to be healed. I just turn over that I am going to be healed. And what needs to be healed? The the fear, the negative thoughts is, that cause the fear, the anxiety, the the worry, mm-hmm. the root thought. Mm-hmm. And how do we support those that we're praying for and ourselves in aligning with right thought? Um, I think it kind of, I go back to what like Tom was saying of, of, you know, of using affirmation as, mm-hmm. as a tool. Yeah. And it's like you and I were talking the other day and I, I think it's is it in this chapter that I saw that, um, you know, there's the, there was the technique for, um, for money and where, uh, the man just kept repeating, thank you, father, for my wealth. He was affirming that he already had this wealth. He wasn't concerning himself with how am I going to get this wealth? And, and I, as I was telling you the other day on the phone, I, you know, with, all, with the trip coming up and all this stuff and like, it's the first time I've taken that much time off work. And like, I had a moment of kind of tweaked out about that. Like, like, oh, okay, I have to, what am I going to do when I get back? And then I just started like praying about it and thanking thank you father for my wealth and stuff is working out. So it's like, okay, I didn't have to like, I didn't have to look for the solution. I just had to open myself up to, to welcoming the solution. Mm-hmm. The how's none of my business. Mm-hmm. So in <clears throat> first therapy, I believe that all healing is done at the level of the mind. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that, and we can kind of bring Byron Katie to the mix, is that the belief that this shouldn't be happening. Mm. Right? So we know know as a practitioner that everything is in divine order. Everything is unfolding exactly as it should. And so we're not praying that they get the results they want. We're praying for the remembrance of the truth of who we are. And in the truth of who we are, being extensions of the divine, there's only perfection. There's only perfect love. There's not illness or disease. There's not poverty or limitation. There's only, and this is where we go into the golden key, there's only abundance and beauty, unlimited resources, unlimited possibility pure potential, remembering this within ourselves. And then, so it is accessing both conscious and subconscious mind. So in our conscious mind, we are affirming the truth. We are naming the qualities of God. Subconscious mind being universal mind, 
being a yes machine is saying yes, yes, yes. And we are knowing this truth for ourselves and for the person in front of us and for everyone. And so we are inviting in that prayer session the person who we are praying with to align with us at the level of the mind to access the truth in their, in their conscious mind so it can align and join at the subconscious mind level. And that is where miracles unfold. So Jesus, the most famous healer of all time, was in full awareness of the truth of who he was and saw everyone as perfectly innocent, as everyone as extensions of God. He saw the Christ in everyone. And so if someone were coming to him in illness, he would know the truth for them and they would align with him. And in the alignment with him and the invitation for them was the belief that it could work because he had demonstrated this. So they had enough faith in him that gave them permission to align with them at the level of the mind and they experienced a miraculous healing because they aligned with the truth of who they were. Mm -hmm. Okay, does that make sense? Yes. And so when we are doing prayer treatment, we are but remembering the truth. And so the person doesn't really need to tell us what's going on, you know. And we also trust that, going back to the Byron Katie, that what is is the best case scenario now for them. So we never go in to say, um, you know, take this situation away because we don't know what's up. That their greatest healing and salvation can be in this situation. We affirm the truth, and that is our job. We affirm the truth, that is our job. We affirm that peace is this man's right, that in God, you know, there is a way. In the infinite mind of God, there is a way. In the infinite mind of God, there's peace and joy and abundance and prosperity. You know, we name the qualities of God. We know it for them. We know it for ourselves. We know it for all. So that's why the G-O-D-S prayer, I think, is such an effective uh, format. And I will say proudly that uh, Jennifer, I, I shared it with Jennifer. Now she's going to be teaching that method, uh, that the G-O-D-S prayer, instead of the, her method, the G-S-S prayer. She liked it so much. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, all right. I knew we were on to something. So the gratitude, you know, we shift, we take, in gratitude, we can shift the thinking. It's like we block it. We stop the thinking. We stop the worry. We lift, we lift it up to the vibrations of gratitude. We offer up whatever seems to be troubling, whoever, you know, and then we declare the truth. And that's where the real healing unfolds, the, the declaration, you know? Uh, what's kind of been helpful for me is, um, and we've talked about this before, and I think uh, in my Southern Baptist background, you you were taught to pray for things specifically, you know, and, and maybe not even things that were, um, you know, for your, your better good or whatever. And, and I will say that's been like a, a tricky um, habit to sort of break, but then I, I, the, I sort of think of it like, you know, say I'm sick or whatever, and if I'm if I'm praying for that specifically, it's almost like I'm reinforcing. Is I'm reinforcing the idea that I'm sick. So instead of saying, 
please heal me of this illness. I'm thanking God for, for my health instead. And that, that's been a huge shift for me. I mean, that's like 40 something years, of like trying to break something. Saying, please heal me of this illness. No, instead of saying that, saying, thank you, you know, acknowledging my, my health, because Mm -hmm. I I realized that, that I was just reinforcing that idea that I was sick Mm -hmm. by saying specifically, or, you know, please send me money. (laughs) Instead of acknowledging abundance, prosperity, et cetera. Yes. Yes. And also taking the responsibility to say, Whatever within, you know, whatever I'm believing that no longer serves, I release now. And I yeah. forget. Yeah, yeah. We don't even have to trouble ourselves with the specifics unless it's for my greatest healing. You know, I am open for my greatest healing for whatever is to support me the most. Let it be known. Now, um, so it goes on in a couple of sections. It talks about the meaning of absent treatment, meaning that you can pray for somebody who isn't here, and they can experience and they can experience the benefits of your prayer. Tom, why is that? Tom, I can't hear you. I don't know if you're on mute or not. What was that? I said, uh, I said, uh, it goes on, it, it talks about absent treatment, meaning that you can pray for somebody who isn't here and they can still uh, experience the benefits of your prayer. Why is that? Because there's only one mind, and this my creative mind, and uh, it's everywhere present. So where where you're at and uh, where they're at, it doesn't matter. You're affirming in your mind that they're healed, or you're, uh, whatever it is you're praying uh, with them for, and uh, it doesn't matter if they're uh, physically present with you or halfway around the world. You know, it's still, you know, all one mind, and that mind is where you're at. Yes, exactly. So all minds are joined, okay? And this this book says that our subconscious mind, you can fill in subconscious mind in this book with spiritual consciousness. It's saying all minds are joined. And so... In knowing truly the truth, <laughs> you know, let's say someone calls and is like, hey, can you pray for uh, my Aunt Gilda in New York? She's got kidney stones and and uh, is in a lot of pain. I'd be like, sure, all right. And so I just sit and I know the truth about Aunt Gilda. I know it truly. I know that, that healing is unfolding now. I'm, I'm knowing the truth for her, knowing that there is no disease. And I'm sending waves of love and light, affirming the truth for knowing the truth. And then Aunt Gilda feels better. Now, she doesn't have to be, even be aware that I'm praying for her because all minds are joined. 
she has to be available for a healing, sure. She has to be willing and available, deeply interested in the healing. But we're doing the work. We're supporting her at the level of the mind. Thoughts, ideas, concerns, disagreements. I was going to say, I just, the one thing I noticed in this section, I marked it a couple of times, which we've said before, like, a lot of times you could take just spirit and substitute it for subconscious mind mm-hmm. in this text. And he, multiple times, I believe, in this chapter was talking about, you know, in his word, subconscious mind, but spirit being beyond time and space. And that just felt so, like, consistent for me. Like, that, you know, yeah, that's what it is. It's not... You know, especially by substituting that for me, really resonated um, to see that. Mm-hmm. Right now. I see Ellie is on the phone with us too, yes? Just checking. Yeah, I, I got in during the meditation. Sorry for being late. Oh, I didn't want to beautiful. disturb anybody. It's all good. You could you couldn't possibly okay. disturb anyone. That's impossible. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So, let's continue to move on to the subconscious mind book, and let's talk about chapter six: practical techniques in mental healing. I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to invite everybody to share what their favorite technique was and why. And we'll start with Kelly. Yeah, I forgot what the name of it was. It was one of the last ones he did that was, to me, was basically a good summary of Golden Key. Um, I have it marked. I just, for some reason, knew you were going to ask this. Um, being it's the absolute method is like modern ultrasound therapy. I don't know how I thought that. But um, talking about, you know, when you're disturbed or upset or whatever, whether there's a problem to, and I think he was just talking about praying for someone, was to say, you know, think of the person and then go to the attributes of God and to focus on, you know, God's loving, God's, you know, all present, God's, you know, abundant, peaceful, love, joy. Um, mm-hmm. I really personally love that one. I use it a yeah, lot on a personal basis when I start find myself going to some weird story just to kind of break the thought and go, wait, that's not true. Let's focus on what's truth and be able to work through stuff that way. Yes, the absolute method. Mm-hmm. Yes, the absolute method is like modern sound wave therapy. Many people throughout the world practice this form of prayer treatment. Wonderful results. The person using the absolute method mentions the name of the patient, such as John Jones, and quietly, silently thinks of God and his qualities and attributes, such as God is all the all bliss, boundless love, infinite intelligence, all-powerful, boundless wisdom, absolute harmony, indescribable beauty and perfection. As he quietly thinks along these lines, he, he is lifted up in consciousness into a new spiritual wavelength at which time he feels the infinite ocean of God's love is now dissolving everything unlike itself in the mind and body of John Jones for whom he is praying. He feels all the power and love of God are now focused on John Jones and whatever is bothering or vexing him is now completely neutralized in the presence of the infinite ocean of life in love. That's exactly what we were just talking about, about the absent method. 
John Jones doesn't even have to be there. Now, the, the, the trick is, <laughs> the trick is what needs to happen, uh, what needs to happen on the, uh, on the level of the practitioner, the person doing the prayer, Kelly? What has to be present? Belief? Yes. <laughs> Smack dab, girlfriend. You have to believe it's true. You have to believe it's true. And that is our job as practitioners, is to believe that it is true. If you don't believe that this is true and you're just going through the motions, you're not going to have any, uh, you're not going to have any, um, nothing good's going to come of it. <laughs> you pretty much are just reciting poetry, which is beautiful, but not effective. Cool, rock and roll. Um, Stephen, what was your favorite? Uh, your favorite one? Uh, I liked the absolute and the uh, thank you technique. Okay, why? Talk about the thank you technique. Uh, well, that's what I was re- referring to earlier, of where um, I just I find for me that if I actively, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, express gratitude that it 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 shifts me whereas you know if i just kind of hold it like as some lofty concept i it, it not so much but if i actually physically say thank you for you know fill in the blanks um that just works so much better for me yes the thank you technique is wonderful because one it can be fun and gratitude, think about that. G in the G-O-D-S prayer stands for gratitude mm-hmm. because it yep. lifts our feeling tones up. We become, if you listen to any Abraham Hicks stuff, it's all about your tones, your vibrations, your emotional vibrations. And so the thank you technique lifts your vibrations up. Let's see what the first paragraph says. It says, in the Bible, Paul recommends that we make known our requests with praise and thanksgiving. Some extraordinary results follow this simple method of prayer. The thankful heart is always close to the creative forces of the universe, causing countless blessings to flow toward it by the law of reciprocal relationship, based on the cosmic law of action and reaction. Pretty much the same, lift your vibrations up, become a vibrational match for that which you are interested in. Stephen used the example of wealth. Thank you, God, for my wealth. Thank you, God, for my wealth. Thank you, God, for my abundance. Thank you, God. I am abundant now. And again, what needs to be present in order for this to truly be effective, Stephen? Faith. Yes, belief, faith. And what can you cultivate until you believe it for yourself, so you really believe it? What can you start to cultivate? Uh, I don't think I understand your question. What is it? What must you cultivate until you do believe? What's the first step? You become gratitude. No, gratitude. Yes, but you become what? Starts with a W. <laughs> Starts with a W. Um. Oh God. Uh, willing. Great, Stephen. You become willing. Well, and that's, I just said to someone today, the willingness to change is sometimes enough. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, so we, have, we must become <laughs> willing. We become willing to believe. 
until we cultivate the muscles to really strengthen the muscles of belief. So why don't you share what happened this this week, Stephen? Share it again real quick in 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, well, so like I said, I, I'm taking a week off from work uh, and from teaching, and I was like freaking out about I'm going. I was going. To, I'm going to miss five classes. So I was like, oh gosh, how am I going to to make that up? And I was like, okay, not my problem. Thank you, God, for my wealth. And then um, I got a note from the studio owner. She was like, okay, I'm raising all your classes by ten dollars. So that compensates for the five classes that I'll miss. I was like, and so, okay. And so it is. Well, you did like, okay, I get and it. now, well, now do you believe that this technique works? Oh, yeah, totally. All right. Now that he has, has he was willing, he's cultivated the willingness until he was able to have enough willingness and enough belief to create a demonstration. Now that he has had a demonstration of this technique, he can say without a doubt that it works. Now he believes it works. Now just watch what happens when he applies this in the future. He has, he has proof now that this works. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game, man. Indeed. All right. L.E., what is your favorite? What was your favorite uh, technique? Well, it was actually the thank you technique. I wrote the essay on it uh, last uh-huh. week, I believe. Sends an essay. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I love the thank you technique. It so works for me, and um, it actually lifts me out of a place where I feel like when I'm doubting things, and then um, I go into a place of just being thankful before I start the prayer of everything that I'm thankful for and I'm in gratitude for and everything that has happened, all the positive in my life, and then I'm already in that state of consciousness, and then I pray with that state of consciousness and already thinking, like I say to God, I'm like, you have done so much for me already and have done all these wonderful things that I'm so grateful for already that I know I am so thankful that you are, you know, whatever it is that I'm praying for, you you're, you're, you're brought this to me. I mean, thank you so much. Like it's already in my grasp. I already have it. It's already there. I see it. I have total faith. God wants me to have this and wants me and knows that, that I'm going to use it for a positive uh, thing, that it's in pure intention that I've asked for this, and that it's going to be pure for me to have it. And um, and, I just, and, it, and, it, and it happens. It just it appears when I'm in that, that, that state of consciousness, of total gratitude. Um, so that's my favorite. That's just, I, 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 I just, that's what works for me. And I and I love that. I mean, and actually, I wanted to tell you that um, I remember. I believe it was last week, or no, no, last week, the week before. I was saying about um, Cray and I uh, looking for a place, or I had to find a place, and just putting out there um, gratitude, and I was going to pray like that, and it happened. We signed today the lease, ironically today, of our class, and we signed the lease today for um, the place that we wanted, and we got it, and it was the visualization that. You know, just a thank you of gratitude, and it happened. It worked. So I wanted to tell that's you that. Great. Positive. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's, that's beautiful. I'm gonna uh, offer a a tool, a suggestion to support you uh, in releasing yeah. attachment to specific outcomes. Uh, right. And what it can do is you can say, you know, if there's something that you're truly interested in, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can hold that space and you can also say, or something better. This or something better. Right. That's, you know, Jesse, that's better. what I had to do with, that's what I had to do with school. Because, oh, by the way, also today I got my acceptance letter. I got accepted to Antioch. That is and, girl. Um, Congratulations. I know. It, thank you. But on the other hand, the the financial aspect of it has fallen through. Uh-huh. So I, that's what I'm doing now. It's it's uh, thank you. I'm so in gratitude. I'm, I'm in gratitude that I uh, that I got accepted, and I and it's that I have asked. I'm prayed for the money. As of right now, it has not. In my present way of it's not where I can see it. But then again, there might be another path. There might be something else that I'm supposed to focus on. So I'm open. I'm not attached to the outcome that of um, having to go. Maybe it's supposed to be next year. Maybe, you know, whatever it is. So that's, I am definitely taking that, um, I guess, advice or that, that technique and bringing Sure, that yeah. So that you can affirm that the best case scenario is unfolding now. Your greatest yeah. good is unfolding now. Uh, you know, your perfect life is unfolding now and how grateful you are to be experiencing it, to be in the midst of such abundance and prosperity and opportunity, right? Yeah, I totally feel that. I, I really feel that. Even with even with that little kind of hiccup, I feel that. I truly feel that. So Beautiful. That it, it is all happening to my hands good. Cool. Well, uh, you know, there's Tom and Patsy left. So we're actually going to go on our break now, guys. And when we come back, we're going to go into the Byron Katie work. And Tom and Patsy, you guys will go for the Byron Katie work. So uh, you guys will, will do, um, the, uh, we'll do the process with you all. So five-minute break, everybody. Uh, and then um, do me a favor and uh, let me see, we're going to do a five-minute break and then we'll come back and have your judge your neighbor worksheet ready uh, to go, okay? So please don't hang up. Just put your phones on mute and we will be right back.
Okay, okay, okay. Let's get back to it. Sorry if you heard the recording come on. I, got, I was kicked off for a second, so now I'm back. Jesse Correa right now, she goes, oh, thank God. I was so annoying her just now. <laughs> so thank you so much for calling us back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm saving marriage. That was totally, uh, was totally uh, annoying. <laughs> okay, bye, know. honey. It's a break in half, Mister. All right. So, let's see here. Uh, so, any. Uh, any thoughts uh, about the material that we were just on about subconscious mind? Any thoughts? Yeah, I say just curious. Did you have a favorite prayer option in there, and why? Like, well, what we're- um, <laughs> you know, I actually uh, tend to go uh, to. Uh, the one that you like, uh, Kel. The uh, the um, absolute method. Uh, yeah, the gold key version. And, yeah, and the thank you method. But if you think about it, the GODS is a combination of the thank you and the absolute. I mean, even a little of the, uh, I mean, even a little of the argumentative, you know, um, where, you know, it's sort of um, when we offer up, you know, we release that which isn't serving, you know. So we offer up the the thoughts that we're not interested in anymore. So that's why I really got to tell you guys, I think the GODS prayer is such an effective method of prayer. Master it. You will be masters of this method by the end of this course. Uh, because it really is the bee's knees. It has everything you need. Cool? Very cool. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, does everybody have the Judge Your Neighbor worksheet? Blank one. Yes. Great. Good. All right, cool. Yeah. uh, Ellie, you weren't here Saturday, so you didn't get to uh, experience the first round of working through the Judge Your Neighbor worksheets. Uh, it's good. It's, uh, would anyone like to share their experience? Uh, I think Kelly, Kelly, you're the only one on this call. No, wait. No, Ellie, you were here. We worked with it with your... Uh, Last week. It? Yeah, we did. Yeah, no, yeah. we did. We worked with My you and your grandma. grandma. Okay, that's right. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, does anyone want to share uh, their takeaways from uh, watching maybe some of the Byron Carey videos or working with the uh, working with the work, the four questions and the turnarounds? Any uh, insights, any aha moments, any takeaways? Well, I, I would share with you that what I shared at the beginning of tonight's class is a direct result of this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it uh, definite aha come to Jesus moments. Um, 
using this method. But I think it's just remarkably effective. I mean, it's the bee's knees. Byron Katie is badass, dude. Yeah. 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 And it's so simple. Go ahead. I have watched so many of like the videos and listened to the podcast on iTunes. It's it is so funny. Like when you find yourself in a situation, like even if you don't have the sheet, like you can kind of mentally fill out the sheet, and it almost makes you feel so silly for like getting like pissed <laughs> at someone because you're like, exactly. oh my god, you're laughing yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you're like I am a tool. <laughs> Well, you realize that we kind of walk around like dictators. Yeah. Like, like everyone must act this way so I can be happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes back to what you said, like, at the start of where we think we're so unique. I remember um, I had a yoga teacher one time telling me, uh, she's like, you know, Stephen, you think you're really special in your fucked upness, but you'll soon realize we're all fucked up. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not just me. Okay, so yeah, you want you feel like you're so special in your your pain and your damage, and that all these other people should cater to you, so that to not disturb mm-hmm. your peace. And then you start, especially when you get to those turnaround questions. It's like, okay, yeah, that's my issue. <laughs> it's not my mom. It's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our parents' job is to get us here. So once you're born, their their job is pretty much done. (laughs) Seriously. So we have these fantasy ideas of what fathers and mothers should be and do and how they should act. We have these fantasy ideas. But really, you're here on the planet, mission accomplished. Thank them Mm -hmm. for doing their job. Now get over it. All right. Anybody else? Any takeaways? Any any anything you'd like to share about the Byron Katie work? Did anybody did anybody see the? Did everybody see the the video from uh, this week? The I'm too fat. Yeah, I saw it, Jelly. Um, I watched it. You know, Jesse, you have to admit the work looks great, and it's something I really want to delve into. On a on a, like things that I'm not so uh, attached to, I guess, or so deep rooted, I can see where it can help me flip it around. But I have a couple of things which I'm sure you you know I could talk to you more about, or you know, like my grandmother, or certain things that are so deep rooted in me that it almost feels like I, it doesn't. Uh, I get the concept and I apply it, but it doesn't hit it. It feels like I need it, it. It doesn't get to the root of it. I don't know if that make if that makes sense. Like, um, are you? I don't know. Here's, here's a question. Yeah. Here's a question. Are yeah. you willing to have a new experience? Apps. I want. I desire a new experience. I I, I welcome it. Welcome All right. it. I want to. I want to release this part of me. This this past. This thing that I'm holding on to that I define as who I am, I want to release it. I need help. Like I, I just I've tried all these years to try to do it myself, and I, I I need help. I definitely need help. 
and I'm vulnerable Great. enough to say that I need help to Beautiful. release it. Great. Well, guess what? You're enrolling the help of the divine now. Hand it over yeah. to God, and then just buckle up for retreat, Miss Thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I dare you to leave retreat without having to work some of that shit out. <laughs> I can't wait. I dare you. I cannot you. wait. I cannot wait. Let me tell you. It's so welcome, and I cannot wait. All right. Even if I have to hire Patsy to beat it out of you, we will do it. <laughs> oh, now I'm scared because I know she will. <laughs> if I have to have Patsy waterboard all of that shit out of you, we will do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, no, I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we are going to take five minutes right now. It's 7.46. It's 7.51. We'll be back. And uh, everybody, even if you are not uh, participating today, we'll see how many we can get to. But we're going to start with Tom and then go to Patsy. Uh, Fill it out, please. And uh, we're going to do the first three... um, uh, situations one, two, and three. And remember, uh, don't censor yourself. Try to fully experience the anger or pain as if the situation were occurring right now. So this can be something from the past. And we invite you not to make it about yourself tonight. Make it about somebody else. When were you hurt? When were you upset? When were you blaming someone? When were you angry with someone? And let it out. Don't try to be more spiritual then uh, as necessary in the situation, we're going to, uh, for the sake of the exercise, go there. Go there, go there, go there. And begin. Hello? Hi. Do you have a question? Oh, no, sorry. It's Patsy. I got knocked off the call. Oh, do you know what we're doing right now? I do not. We're doing the Judge Your Neighbor worksheet. Okay. 
and uh, the invitation path you could go there. Don't try to censor it. Don't try to be more spiritual. Uh, really, really, really go there. Um, it can be something in the past. And uh, make sure that's for somebody else and not you're not doing yourself, okay? Yes. All right, great. And you're going tonight, just so you know. It's you and Tom. Okay. All right. All right, all right, all right. Mr. Tom Hennessy, are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Beautiful. Okay, so um, let's start. So uh, why don't you start with the top, at the top? Okay. In this situation, time and location, who angers, confuses, or disappoints you, and why? Okay, I am angry with Fernando because he he betrayed me to my coworkers by outing me and lying to everyone about his involvement with me in his extramarital affairs. Okay. Can you repeat that one more time? I am angry with Fernando because he betrayed me to my co-workers by outing me and lying to everyone about his involvement 
with me in his extramarital affairs. Okay. Um, so... So he, so Fernando, um, did he say he sabotaged your career? What did he do? Well, he betrayed me to my coworkers uh, by outing me and lying to everybody about his involvement with me. He and I did have a, a long-term extramarital affair, but he was the one that approached me on it first, but he told me that, he oh. told everybody that I had, all right. And he told me not to. All right. So story aside, um, mm-hmm. so he uh, he betrayed you by outing you to your coworkers. Is that true? Yes, because I had uh, heard that from several other coworkers. Just yes, just just yes, yes or no. Yes. He, be- he betrayed you because he outed you to your coworkers. Is that true? Yes. Can you absolutely know that he betrayed you because he outed you to your coworker? Yes. All right. Who would you be? How do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? I was angry. I felt hurt. I felt that he shouldn't have done that. I felt, you know, I felt like getting revenge, but by that time he had already uh, left employment. Well, he was actually fired. So who would you be without the thought that he betrayed you? I would be happier. Let's work, let, let's work with some turnarounds because I think it's interesting uh, this idea that uh, of betrayal, of betrayal that uh, because he shared that because he shared about your affair that that's a betrayal. So let's do a couple turnarounds, Tom, to see um, if we can just peel off some of these layers. Okay, is that cool? Okay. So what's a turnaround we can use? Um, I am angry at Fernando because he, let's just say for the sake of the exercise, I'm angry at Fernando because he betrayed me. What's a turnaround we can use there? Okay. I betrayed myself by getting involved with him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you... Um, very good, Tom. Very good. Can you give uh, three examples of uh, of why that's true? Well, I probably would have been out here a lot sooner because I had left him, uh, let him, um, my attachment to him, I left him, left it to where I stayed in San Antonio a lot longer than I should have. Okay. So you stayed in a situation that you didn't want to stay in. Um, 
so you stayed in a place that you didn't want to stay in? Yeah, I stayed there because actually I uh, had uh, when I, before I came out here before I quit there I had uh, actually uh, severed all contact with him. So, but in this situation, and we're looking specifically at how you betrayed yourself. Mm-hmm. You betrayed yourself by having an extramarital fight. Uh, I would say care. that uh, betraying myself because I I let my self-esteem go down and was, I didn't have much of to begin with and I let him manipulate me and I would have, I didn't, uh, I think I would have been uh Possibly a totally different person on that level, but then again, you let him. And let's let's do another turnaround. You, uh, you let Fernando manipulate you. Is that true? Yes. Can, can you absolutely know that that's true? Yeah, because I saw it, but I didn't want to see it. So what's the turnaround there? What's the turnaround to you let Fernando that? that Fernando manipulated you? Okay, I manipulated myself by allowing him to to manipulate me. What's another one? What's another turnaround? Okay. Um, I could say I betrayed myself. No, we're sticking with the manipulation one right now. So it's another turnaround. Okay. Manipulated uh, yourself? What's another one? Okay. I manipulated the others. Let's see. I manipulated others. Mm-mm. Nope, just sticking with Fernando. Okay. Uh-oh. I manipulated him in different ways. Yes. Yes. It's hard to be manipulated when you know you're being manipulated. So within that, Tom, right there, that's a really good, that's a really good uh, insight. Mm-hmm. Of who's manip- manipulating who? Me manipulating myself. Mhm. Mhm. Allowing my feelings of allowing my feelings of self-esteem or low self-esteem, manipulate myself. Give me three examples. Let's stay with this one with Fernando, though, because there's a lot of good stuff there. So, what? How are three examples of how you manipulated Fernando?
by not make by making myself too available. I'd like to go back to the original one, Tom. He betrayed you by telling your coworker. Think about that. How did mm-hmm. he betray you? How is telling your coworkers, uh, how is him sharing something in his life with his okay. coworkers a betrayal to you? Because he said something, he told them something that uh, was not true to begin with. He told them that I uh, came on to him and he told them that, supposedly told me that he was a married man, and uh, which uh, he was, but that wasn't uh, the way it happened. He came on to me. Is there... Is there... Uh any possibility in the realm of his experience that he could have perceived it the way that he shared it. In the realm of all experiences, like from what we know about human conditioning and perspective, is there any way that he could have possibly thought that he was being honest when he said you came on to him? Well, knowing that the situation, no, he he wouldn't have uh, been truthful about it, and he knew that he wasn't being truthful. He was married. He just didn't want his wife to find out, of course. He wasn't being truthful. What's the turnaround to that? I wasn't being truthful with myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't being truthful about the relationship I was using, the relationship as an excuse to stay in San Antonio when I, my time should have been long up. Taking full responsibility, Tom, for our actions, is it possible for anyone to betray us? Fernando told your coworker that you were having an affair. He gave a version of a story. We can't possibly know that he didn't think it was true. We're not him. Mm-hmm. But how is that a betrayal? Why did he betray you? Because it, it gave suspicion to people, and I wasn't ready to be out, and I couldn't really be out uh, safely in that environment. Mm-hmm. And you absolutely know that's true? And you absolutely know that you couldn't be out safely in that environment? Yeah, because I've seen what happened uh, with uh, other people that came out 
in that in that specific work environment? Yeah, at the university there, yes. In that workplace. I mean, I I heard from other people that uh, they just said, you know, if I knew what he had said about me, I wouldn't have been friends with him anymore. And then I found out after he got fired. I mean, he was caught with another supervisor with his pants down, literally, by his his boss. And his wife uh, brought all the equipment that he stole from the university back to the university. What's interesting here, Tom, the invitation here, the opportunity here is, uh, you know, full responsibility and freedom Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, without the belief that he betrayed you, but acknowledging that, oh, I betrayed me. Uh Uh-huh. what are three, uh, in this situation, knowing the information we have now, knowing that you have proof that it's not safe to come out of the closet at your work environment at the university, which you are, knowing that um, Fernando is a married man, what are three examples of how you betrayed yourself in this situation? I betrayed myself by using my low self-esteem to get love, quote, love, unquote, from somebody else. And that, uh, at the time, was sexual favors. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I betrayed knowing, my... that, knowing that this man was married, did you have evidence to prove that maybe he didn't keep his word? Yeah, because I knew his wife. His wife worked mm-hmm. with uh, there too. Okay. So engaging in a sexual relationship with a closeted married man, mm-hmm. knowing that in, re- in retrospect, you allowed yourself to do this in a situation that you know isn't safe for you to come out of the closet, yet you continue to do this. How did he in any way betray you? By just telling the truth? Or his version of it? He told his version of it, which was... Well, but but just stay with it. We have Mm -hmm. absolutely no way of knowing if he was not sharing his truth. 
because we, we can't get inside of his head. We don't know. What we do have is a lot of evidence now to say that you engage in a situation with someone who was dishonest in an environment that was unsafe and that you allowed it to unfold uh, more and more because of your low self-esteem and yet there's still this belief that he betrayed you somehow. Yeah, actually, I'm letting that go now. I mean, I have uh, been, as I've been doing this, I've been letting that belief go that nobody can be betrayed myself, me without my permission. Well, not even with your permission. I mean, really think about it. It was with everything that, with all of this, with all the, with everything that we have, about, we know about Fernando, that he's not honest, that he's not, um, that he's in the closet, that he steals. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So how could we expect him to not share this information? It's what he does. It's what he, yeah. he's supposed to do. He's supposed to betray. It's what he it's what he does. How do we know it's what he's supposed to do? It's because it's what he does. Well the evidence is there, but beyond that is Well the evidence is there and we continue to go forward. So the only person that did any betraying in that situation is who? It's me. Mm-hmm. Well I found out this after the fact, after I even left. Mm-hmm. And I, but uh, the only person that could betray me was me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I accept full responsibility for it. Yes. Yeah, Fernando was just being Fernando. He was doing exactly what Fernando does. Uh-huh. We know how Fernando moves in the world. We've seen it. So how yeah. can we be angry with him for doing what Fernando does? Well, I got to let that go, you know. I'm letting it go that that's what he does. Of course that's what he does. He's Fernando. Uh-huh. This is what Fernando does. And we knew what Fernando does, and we... We went forward anyway. Yes. He couldn't hold water in a sealed cup. (laughs) Yeah, so we expect Fernando to betray. We look forward to Fernando betraying because it's what Fernando does. Uh-huh. To expect him to do anything else. It's like the what Byron Katie used the example that she uses. It's, it's expecting a, 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 a cat to bark. Right. A cat is going to meow every freaking time. So to uh-huh. expect Fernando to keep a secret is like expecting a cat to bark. Uh-huh. And so knowing that and going forward repeatedly, the only person that got betrayed 
was you, but the only person who did the betraying is you. Exactly. I betrayed myself. Yeah. And you manipulated Fernando by expecting him to keep a secret, to Uh act in integrity. When we had all the proof and evidence that it's not going to happen, that's not how Fernando rolls. So we manipulate him into making him promise to keep a secret Uh that he's incapable of keeping. And And then when he doesn't keep it, when he acts in total alignment with his actions, we're betrayed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. There's the key to the kingdom, dude. How often, people, do we expect people, do we just decide that magically someone's not going to act in the way that they're designed to act, and then we get angry when they do what they've always done? Ellie, perfect example with your grandmother. This time, she's not going to manipulate and call it off, and it's going to be a harmonious, loving uh, experience with the money. Even though I have lots of <laughs> proof uh, every single other time I've worked with her to not do it. Now, are we open to a new healing experience? Of course. But if it unfolds the way that it always has, then who's to blame? No one. It's grandma being grandma. We look mm-hmm. forward to grandma not keeping her word. We look forward to grandma trying to manipulate us, trying to manipulate us, but we can't be manipulated anymore. And we're in the presence of grandma and we love her. Even though she said she was going to give me money and then she just changed her mind. There's grandma, perfect child of God, innocent, whole, and complete, doing the patterns that she does. That's okay. I got to spend time with her. Mm-hmm. I just love her for that. And so Fernando, there's Fernando, lying. It's what he does. Yeah. Oh, there he is. And now, you know, I, and when we realize that, we can say, well, of course he told everybody. Of course he Mm -hmm. did. What else was he going to do? I'm the one that manipulated him into trying to keep a secret because I wanted affection. I had low self-esteem and I liked affection. Uh-huh. Maybe even, you know, you say he came on to me first, but maybe you were very available to his flirtations. Maybe you didn't stop it. Maybe you were okay with it because we have the story now that you felt like you had low self-esteem and you uh-huh. put yourself in situations that didn't feel loving because of your low self-esteem. So the question once more is, I am angry at Fernando because he betrayed me. Is that true? No. Who are you angry at? Myself. For betraying who? For betraying me. Yes. Yes, Tom. Beautiful. Now, who would you be without the thought? that you're angry at yourself for betraying you. Free? Yes. Yes. Beautiful, Tom. Mm Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Really good work. Thank you. As always. 
Thank you for sharing so authentically and openly, Tom. Um, for the sake of our time, I'm gonna we're gonna move on to Patsy now. So uh, we have another experience. And um, again, thank you, Tom. It's beautiful. Good work. Really good work. Beautiful insights, guys. And and what a great how much how, such good stuff there. Uh, I'm gonna invite everyone to write down their thoughts on this. We might go five minutes over so we can sort of reflect on. Uh, an experience in your life where you were expecting somebody to act differently and having information about them, and you go forward expecting a different uh, a different result, and then you blame them for acting in alignment with how they've always acted. So write down a couple thoughts that you have or a situation that uh, you put yourself in that same situation, and we'll reflect at the end. But first, let's go on to Patsy. So Patsy. Um, what do you got for us tonight? Um, in this situation, time and location, who angers, confuses, or disappoints you, and why? I am angry, confused, sad, and sad. I'm sorry, one more time. I am angry, confused, sad, and disappointed uh, with and by Stacy because of her dishonest, disrespectful and dismissive behavior towards me and our relationship. Okay, good. Uh, for the sake of uh, the exercise, let's just use one of the emotions for tonight so it's just easier to talk about. So choose which one feels the most uh, honest for you. Um. I, um, I, you know, probably um, confused, bewildered. Okay. All right. So let's say it one more time. You seem bewildered. I'm, I am bewildered by Stacy because of her dishonest, disrespectful, and dismissive behavior towards me and our relationship. Okay. So you're bewildered by Stacy because of her dishonesty towards you, dishonesty and disrespect towards you and your relationship. Is that true? No. All right. Well, uh, how does it feel when you uh, believe that? Uh, what happens? When you believe that she's uh, that you're bewildered with her that for for her dishonesty, um, it you know it doesn't. I don't feel great. I it I uh, tend to obsess a bit, perseverate a little bit about it, and run myself in circles trying to you know figure out why and what did I do, and it's exhausting and unproductive and. Um, Deflating in many ways. Who would you be without the thought? Much happier. Mm-hmm. Much happier and much uh, freer. Um, in general, and in, and in the way I uh, express with others, you know, in, in the connections I have with other other people, I wouldn't. I would be less um, informed by that bad experience going into 
experiences with others who have nothing to do with that. Good, good. So um, let's do some turnarounds there. So you're bewildered by Stacy, uh, and you can read the rest of the sentence. So what's the, what's the turnaround we can use there? Well, truthfully, um, because the, I have to say that this is um, this has already been in a state of turnaround for me for a little while. So I'm, it's not as these emotions aren't as present for me anymore, but um, I will say that um, I am bewildered by myself, um, bewildered by the ability I had to ignore um, the truth of her behavior simply because I didn't want to see it. Um, this is not unlike what the discussion you just had with Tom about Fernando. There was evidence that this might not be the best basket in which to place my eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are know, some of the what are some of the uh, what are some of the evidence you had? Um, Just ignore. I well, I I actually um, came to know a couple of people who had um, who had been in long term relationships with her, and and I'm of the mind that you know I I don't want to, uh, and they were all friendly at this point, and and I was welcomed into their circle of friendship, um, and when they started to try to find very diplomatic, loving, subtle ways to tell me. You're the first person that's coming to me and saying to me that you want to change, that you recognize. Hello? Hi, Ellie. Was that to Patsy? No, no. Uh, that was. I think that was Ellie. Yeah, I know. I, I was wondering if she was saying it to you, though. That was a comment to you. I don't think so. No? No. Um, uh, but you know there were there were people who were trying to find very diplomatic, discreet, subtle ways to sort of warn me about um, moving forward with things, and, and in a way in which they didn't want to seem as though they were betraying a friendship there, but they were concerned about what they thought was an inevitability for me, and I didn't want to hear it, didn't want to entertain it, because that felt like a betrayal to me. I thought, this is someone I love. I'm not going to entertain discussions about, you know, that that at the time felt to me like they were maligning her character. I was like, she hasn't shown up this way with me. I trust that this is going to be a different relationship. Um, and uh, But then I, I, I can look back now um, and see moments when she herself was trying to tell me that she was not to be trusted with my heart. And so, who, so we know now, like, who are you really bewildered at? Myself. Um, for being for, dishonest about who? I, I'm bewildered at the fact that I was dishonest with myself about her behavior. And, and and the way she chooses to show up. 
I'm bewildered by my my own behavior, which it's clear to me was um, was really rooted in this place of uh, of unworthiness and this this idea that you know no one was ever going to love me like this, no one was ever going to make me feel this way. Um, as though that was anybody else's responsibility, number one. And um, and the fact is, I wasn't being loved well. Um, I, I, I wasn't. So read the original sentence one more time to me. I am bewildered by Stacy because of her dishonest, disrespectful, and... Uh, dismissive behavior towards me and our relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now replace Stacy's name with Asti and read it exactly. Yes, I am bewildered. I am bewildered by Patsy because of my dishonest, disrespectful, and dismissive behavior towards myself and my relationships. And what about? And so that last one we said myself, but Stacy's name. So read it with Patsy and Stacy at the end. I am bewildered by Patsy because of her dishonest, disrespectful, and dismissive behavior towards Stacy and our relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give me an example of how you were dishonest with Stacy. Um, I can I can think of. An occasion when uh, when she, at least one occasion, I'm sure it happened more than once, when she said to me outright, um, I, if I were you, uh, I would make another choice in terms of who I was with because I don't know that I um, will live up to what you deserve. And I, uh, at that point, could see behavior that might indicate that that was true. It wasn't really obvious, but there were there were things there under the surface. And my response was immediately what I thought was a loving response to her but was not so loving to myself, which was, "Oh, this is just please, this is just your lack of self-esteem speaking. You're incredible, you're perfect, you're wonderful, and this is all good." <laughs> Isn't it wonderful what we do to ourselves? I mean, you have someone telling you, like, I, this is not going to end well for you. I promise you. <laughs> you. You're making the wrong choice. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to chew you up and spit you out. No, you won't. Of course you won't. You have low self-esteem. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have low self-esteem. Right. You know, when really I have low self-esteem, when anybody with any self-esteem would be like, all right, good call. Thanks. He's good call. Thanks for the heads up, man. Good. Because I invest my time wisely with people who love me, people who are absolutely interested in, in dedicating their time to me. Not a fixer-upper. You know? I, I, I No. No. So let's let's just look at number two really quickly. I know we only have a couple minutes, so let's just see if there's any 
uh, wisdom or humor to be found in number two as we read it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want Stacy to own her behavior, <laughs> <laughs> apologize sincerely, and stop manufacturing stories about me in some apparent attempt to justify bad behavior. Okay, so uh, where's the turnaround with that? I want to own my behavior, apologize sincerely, um, or I suppose... I want. I would like you to read it word for word, just using okay. Patsy instead of Stacy. Okay, I want Patsy to own her behavior, apologize sincerely, stop manufacturing stories about Stacy in some apparent attempt to justify bad behavior. Yeah. Can you give me an example of where that's true? Um, well, the, I, I have apologized sincerely to her, so that is mm-hmm. that is um The first two have happened. It's not uh, it's not her that she needs to apologize to. But you know. Right. Well that I would agree with, although I I did that that. I mean I I um and and the owning of my own behavior and my own contribution to what happened between us. But I mean just in based on how I just read it, that's what it says. I, I that's why I paused initially because I realized that what I what my gut instinct to to say was that I needed to I needed to ask my own forgiveness. For sure. But what's really great is that there's this beautiful part you put in there about manufacturing a story. Yes. When we just uncovered in this last part that you manufactured a story about Stacey. You manufactured a a story that Stacey was fully capable. She just didn't realize it, but she's fully capable of loving you and entering into a loving relationship. That was a manufactured story. And now any story that you've told since then about how she fucked you over in any capacity, hurt you in any capacity, was completely manufactured, all designed to manipulate people into believing that you in some capacity were taken advantage of or hurt or whatever. When really, you took this woman hostage. It's what we do. We hold them at gunpoint and say, no, it's fine. You'll love me anyway. <laughs> your behavior, you know, you'll, you'll, you know your, your behavior will absolutely change. I have no evidence to believe that's true. You exhibit no signs to prove that right. But you know what? You've even told me flat out, don't invest in this. It's not going to happen. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, ah, you know what? I'm going to manufacture a story around there to fit what I want to have happen. And you're to blame, by the way, Stacy. You're to blame for all of this. Well, I, <laughs> I must say that I've never said that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that was a dramatization. Yeah. TV. <laughs> but you know, it's 
sometimes it's important to go to the ridiculousness so we see almost how comical our perception gets, our behavior gets when we want something. That's like, that's why we say so many times, we don't know what's best for us. I think it was Ernest Holmes or something like, if everybody got what they wanted, no one would be able to leave this room. You know? Because nobody really knows. Nobody knows what's best for us. God, we know that's true. And so what we do is, we think we know what's best for us. We think we know what's going to make us happy. So along the way, we take hostages, forcing them to be the idol, the source of our joy and happiness. You know? And then blame them when they can't live up to our fantasy expectation we have of what our perfect partner is supposed to be. When along the way, our friends, companions, even the person themselves say, red light, go another direction. Nope, I'm going to muscle through this and through the power of my will, I will change you and we are going to love each other. Who hasn't been in that? And that's why we all say there's no new stressful thoughts. Who hasn't had an experience like that? Where they stayed in a situation or engaged in a relationship with someone who wasn't interested or wasn't capable. And what's funny is Jacob shares the story of how he had this guy, he was so in love with this guy who had no interest in dating him, but he would sleep with him on occasion. And there'd be like times where Jacob would call him and he just wouldn't pick up the phone and whatever. And eventually, after hours, he'd pick up the phone and was like, yeah, I guess you can come over. And Jacob was walking over. He goes, I felt like I won. He's like, I felt like I won because I finally got to go over to be with someone who just didn't like me. <laughs> and I got to go over and hang out with them and have bad sex with them. And I felt like I made some triumph because he, he acknowledged me and let me come over. Mm. You know? All right. Patsy, thank you. Any any final thoughts on this? Yeah, about a thousand, yeah. But no, but mm-hmm. it's all it's 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 all good. I it's yeah. I'm so in a different space with a lot of this story mm-hmm. <laughs> that um at this point, but I hear you. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um my beauties, <clears throat> I know we're over, but does anyone have anything we'd like to share? Any insights? Anybody relate to anything to the earth? Um, you know, I have a quick question. Yeah. So, and as to Tom, or you know, with, with Tom's thing, or whatever, when or and, and when you know somebody is has a nature about them, you know, somebody uh, like for instance, I have I had an ex who um, lied, you know, who lied a lot. And I was in love with this person. And it's like my grandmother, my mother, like I attract these women who, um, they lie. They they don't, they don't, uh, they, they hide things. They are, they just don't, you know, and I catch these lies. I obviously know it stems from, I guess, my childhood. It stems from, a, I don't, 
uh, I guess like Tom knew going into this or that really who he was should be angry with him or upset with is himself because he knew already what this person's nature was. So how can you really be upset with this person? You really already knew what you're going into. So what if you go into something already knowing, uh, I guess, somebody's nature or knowing that they lie? How, where do you, is it, how do you know when to walk away, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a family member? Where do you draw the line? Like, how do you, like, you know, do you know, I don't know quite know how, how what I'm, and we can save this for next week, but it's something that I really want to delve into or understand. It's where do you draw the line between having compassion and understanding this person has some involvement or maybe has something that you're supposed to personally work on? But how, where does the line get drawn? Where Do you walk away? Do you continue knowing that you're going to keep getting hurt? What if it's someone that you are uh, in, a, in a deep relationship with and this person, you know, lies to you? Mm-hmm. Where at that point, like, you know it's your – the only person you could be upset with is yourself because you already know this person's nature, like you said. But where do you go from there? When you know it's going to happen again, I mean, or will it happen again? Or maybe it won't happen again because you want to believe that it won't. Mm-hmm. And you love this person so much and you have so much compassion for where they're coming from that you believe it won't happen again. Mm-hmm. And you want to come well, from a place where I would, uh I would suggest that uh, you don't believe it because you have no reason to. You may want to believe it, but there's a difference between wanting to believe something and believing something. So where do you draw the line as to whether you continue to try to – do you know what I'm trying to say? Like like you continue I the do, relationship? I, I, I do hear what you're trying to say, and um, I'm going to invite you to contemplate that this week in your meditation. Okay. And uh, I'm going to invite you to uh, – Add an additional, um, add an additional paragraph to your homework this week. <laughs> okay. Honestly, so that's a little extra homework assignment for you. Is how do okay. you know when it's time, mm-hmm. and how do you, you know, how do you work with it? Because you've had the experience enough now. Let's figure out, you know, you teach mm-hmm. me. Okay, my beauties, uh, it's, time to, it's time to go. Uh, but let me give you your homework assignment. So please write this down. If you have chapter numbers, it will be chapter 7 and 8, very short chapters. Please read them and uh, submit a paragraph each. And I will uh, post, uh, I will send out a Byron Katie um, video probably on Monday. Uh, so we'll give you a couple days, three, two to three days to watch it and write a paragraph on it. So a paragraph on each chapter and a new Byron Katie video. And then the following week is retreat. So we'll talk a little more about the retreat uh, in class next week as well, okay? So chapter hey, seven, eight, those pages, um, sorry, pages 57 to 62, and then pages 62 to 68.
Hey, Jessica, can I ask you a question real quick about homework? Are, yeah. the, um, are the links in the email supposed to be live? Like, no, you know, you're the one. only one that had trouble with the link. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, I can try to resend them or maybe text them to you. Do you have a smartphone? Okay, uh, yes. Okay, then I'll... Uh, okay, I'll that, that, well, so. you, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll post them in the Facebook group. Oh, perfect. Awesome. All right, cool. Thanks, so, Bill. pages 57 to 62, and then pages 62 to 68, that's Chapter 8. Uh, so those are your two sections. One more time, page 57 to 62, page 62 to 68. Uh, paragraph in each section, please. Um, and that is that. Okay, uh, we are over, so let's pray out real quickly. Um, look out for the Byron Katie video probably on Monday. Oh, Holy Spirit, we're so grateful for the opportunity to come together, to have this time to look at our stories, to release the stories, to cut the cords, to feel the freedom, to stand in the truth of who we are, which is perfect, whole, and complete. So grateful, so thankful to know the truth that we are love, and we are loving, and we are deserving of love and that it is flowing through us, around us, and to us at all times. We accept it, embrace it, allow it, and share it with everyone because we're one with them. So it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, Patsy, for playing with us. And uh, I'll talk to you next week or sooner. Before, oh, it's our anniversary uh, this Sunday, our five-year anniversary. Um, service is this Sunday. So if you can come to service, please do. And we're doing the spiritual dating workshop live. Love you guys. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.